Yes, it's Monday, and every single one of us out there should know what that means. It means it's time to talk about spooky things, the paranormal, ghosts, etc. With me, Kevin. Hi. How are you all doing today? I hope you're all doing fan-dabby-dozy. It's only a week out till Christmas, and I know... See, a lot of shows I'm listening to are banging on about it. They're going like, step into Christmas, step all together, and all that carry on. And other Elton John songs to do with Christmas. I think he's only got one. But a lot of people find it miserable. They do, because either they're on their own, or they just don't like it, or it brings up bad memories. So this show is not going to be Christmas-themed. Next week one might be, because it's Boxing Day, I think, when it falls or it comes out. So you might want to give that a miss if you're not into Christmas. But don't worry, today won't be Christmas-filled at all. Um, at the same time, if you do celebrate it, like I do, then happy Christmas. I hope you've got everything done. But if you don't, don't worry, it won't be a Christmas fest. Okay? That said, let's open a cracker. I'm joking. That said, let's crack on right on with the show. So what are we going to do today? Well, there's no Becca, unfortunately, because she's doing charity work for the next three days. There's a chance there might be a Becca because she's absolutely full of cold. It's not covid because we've done three tests, but she's full of cold. Should she be going into a warehouse that's freezing cold? I mean, she's going to be doing segregated work, so she won't be mingling with people. But at the same time, just for her own health, she probably should be in bed. But no, she's a trooper. But it means she might be coming back, like, because they'll just say, go home, you're clearly ill. So if she does, we might have a Reddit corner, albeit a very poorly one. We, of course, have a paranormal review just for you. What's the hell of a film? At first, I thought, I'm not going to like this. And by the end of it, I was like, yes, fucking yes. Pardon my French. But I was. And all the usual stuff like your true paranormal adventures. So this is going to be a good episode, I do believe. I do hope. Anyway, before we do all that, we need to say a wonderful thank you to our Patreons who keep the shows going. So if you'd like to become a Patreon, what you get basically is me singing your name. Hello, that's me. And that's you. And I will be singing your name. And you also get access to two podcasts every week. You get uh, a ramble from me where I just talk about the things on my mind. I forget what I talked about this week, which is quite often the case because I consume so much coffee and just verbal diarrhea about what is literally going through my mind at that exact moment. So I can't really recall what it is. So they're often fun for me to listen back because I'm like, fucking hell, Kev, why did you say that? And um, you also try and get a paranormal one on a Sunday as well. And when I say you try and get a paranormal one, I mean I try to keep it paranormal. This last Sunday, we done the paranormal stories of World War II, and they were horrific with a capital H. And I mean, like... You think ghosts and demons are bad? Bloody hell. They're nothing compared to human beings. Human beings are just, ugh. You know, if aliens do exist, no, I, I do hope they come down and at least take out every non-listener of this show. You know, keep you guys safe. Anyway, should we say a big thank you to our wonderful Patreons before we crack on? I think we shall. The guitar is well and truly out, and we have four wonderful new Patreons today. Hooray! We have William Torres, Kaylin Thompson, Zoe Phillips, and Amanda Denin. And this little finger-picky number is for you. Ooh. William Torres. Kaylin Thompson. Zoe Phillips, Amanda Denning too 
You've signed up to Patreon. You've signed up to Patreon. And I'm using my guitar to say thank you. Thank you. Ended it on a nice seventh. I'm trying to get my falsettos back as well, you all know. That was just a nice little... That could probably put you to sleep. I should really do rock and roll ones, shouldn't I, really? I don't want to put the audience to sleep. Who am I? Tom O'Connor. That was a late 70s entertainer in the UK, by the way. Anyway, shall we crack on? Oh, before we do, if you'd like to join the Patreon, and you should, there's over like two to three hundred shows just of bingeable, hopefully funny content, head over to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. Because sometimes we all need a bit of a silly daft laugh, don't we? I think we do anyway. I think that's the meaning of life. Yes, I do. Anyway, let's crack on with the show. Yes, it's time for a paranormal review where I review something paranormal so you don't have to bother your little arse about it. And I know that you're not going to review something for yourself. That's kind of the joke. It's not a very funny one, is it, really? Anyway, I'll crack on regardless. So the film, because it's a film that we're going to review today, and the film that we're going to review is called Hellhole, and it's on Netflix. Now, it's a Polish film, so it's dubbed, but don't let that put you off. Because, well, what put me off at first is me saying, don't let that put you off. But I'll tell you what put me off. When I first put it on, I thought, oh, this is a bit tropey. Because it's not a spoiler to say at the start what something happens. Within the first three minutes, there's a priest trying to kill a baby. And, you know, he thinks it's the spawn of Satan and um, all that jazz. Very Omen-esque. And I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. But my God. I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed it because of the ending. And I'm not going to tell you what the ending is, because that would be a spoiler. But I think it's um, it's all right. It's solid. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to say that it's the best film you'll ever see, or the most scary film that you'll ever see. But what they do, it, there's a certain trope, and you'll know it when you see it, if you watch it. So, um, yeah. well, I'll tell you what the trope is. The trope is, I am basically spoiling this film now. I'm not really. There's a trope, and you'll have seen it on, like, Nuke's Top 5 and in many, many horror films where there's a crucifix on the wall and what happens to the crucifix? It turns itself upside down. Well, that happens in this film too. But, oh, my God, do they take it to the level nth? And they do. And it's amazing. And that doesn't spoil it because you won't see it coming. Trust me. Well, yeah. Now, is that a spoiler? No, I don't. I still don't think you'll see it coming. So just let me put it this way. If you want a solid scare, watch Hellhole on Netflix. It's Polish. It's dubbed. Don't let that put you off. By the way, when I'm saying don't let that put you off, I don't mean because it's Polish. I'm not trying to be racist. I mean the fact a lot of people don't like dubbed films. I'm the same. Normally, if something's dubbed, I'll be like, oh, I'd sooner watch something with subtitles. You know what? There was probably an option to watch it with subtitles. I just didn't bother. But, yeah, it's a solid film. I'm going to give it two thumbs up, not to the sky, but a solid two thumbs up. If somebody came in right now and said, any good recommendations, Kev, for have you seen Hell Hole? So there you go. That, that's how exactly how the conversation would go. Um, so do give it a watch if you're bored, you've got nothing to do, and you want a bit of a scare. You know, there's a certain word that I want to say, but then you'll be on the lookout for it. So I'm not going to say that word. I'm dying to because I'm shit at this, but I'm not going to say it. 
And I apologise for all the foul language so far, you know. We're only eight minutes in. I think I've dropped four F-bombs and four S-words. I do apologise, everyone. If there's children listening in the car, this episode is a lesson on how not to act as an adult or even as a child. Don't repeat these words in school. I mean, by all means, repeat the words devil, occult, Ouija board, demon, Satan, but nothing to do with F or S's, okay? Lesson learned? Good. Let's have your true paranormal stories then. Yes, now it's time for my favourite part of the show. I say it every week and I mean it every week. And that's your true paranormal experiences that you send direct to me. And I love them for the simple reason that I don't know what's coming. And that's the plain truth about the matter, is that if I'm reading a story I've never read before, and believe me, I give it a cursory glance, as you all know, and uh, then I read it out, and we learn together just how scary a story is. Now, you may recall a couple of months ago that we had an email from Amanda who sent us a story about her son who was having a nightmare about something pulling her... Um, pulling him, sorry, from his bed with long, scratchy fingernails, an all-round terrifying experience, and otherworldly shit was going on. There's the S-word again. I do apologise. Anyway, she sent us another email back in, and it says, random, potentially otherworldly follow-up. And I'm all for follow-ups. So we'll begin. Hey, Kevin. Hey. Becca. Hi. Well, she's a bit unwell, actually. Oh, hi. Well, she's not dying. And the NC. Meow. I'm following up regarding my previous message as I'm now more convinced than ever that something real and paranormal is indeed happening at my in-laws. When writing in last time, I mentioned my four-year-old kept having nightmares and mentioning being scared of a black figure with long fingers slash fingernails who grabs at him from under his bed. The thing I forgot to mention is that prior to him telling me exactly what this thing looked like, I myself had dreams or visions of this thing as well. So when he told me of his nighttime tormentor, it was like he took the image directly from my head. I never said anything to anyone because I did not want to stress my husband out. My son and I both still wake between 3 and 4 a.m. every night. The feeling of someone watching me sleep came back and now I feel eyes on me no matter where I go in my house. My heart races if I have to go to the bathroom at night, when everyone is asleep, and I feel like someone is standing outside the shower curtain when I'm bathing. My son is scared to go to sleep. He cries and will not lay down by himself. He also does not go into my mother-in-law's room anymore and won't even go near her. In fact, he runs from her. The part that really scared me and made me finally find a place for us to live is the week I was alone. My husband took the kids to my parents out of state for Thanksgiving break, but I had work to do and could not leave when they did. The dark feeling got worse, and I'll be honest, I slept with the TV on and plugged up a night light as I did not want to be alone in the dark. A couple of the nights I had insomnia and just could not relax or fall asleep. Then other nights I would pass out but have horrifying dreams of death by fire, plane crashes, my child being abducted, etc. One night, the last one before going to my parents myself, I was so tired I forgot to plug up the nightlight and the TV turned itself off. In brackets, now I know TVs will do that, it's just this one had not done it before. I felt like someone 
or something had crawled into bed with me. I know it was not my dogs because my bed is so high that the only dog that can jump up is my two-year-old Aussie, but he was with my husband. This was a slow creep into bed, and I swear I felt the bed kind of dip. Also, it was not my father or my mother-in-law because I kept my room door locked. I laid facing away from whatever it was, but had the same scared feeling I get at night from the thing standing by my bed. I was so terrified I cried, and the dreams I had that night I cannot put into words, because I don't want to start crying again. While at my parents we were all better, happier, more at ease. My son, although he still wouldn't sleep alone, slept through the night with no nightmares, and so did I. We found a new place and have now been in it for a week, and everything is perfect. We're happy and my son is smiling, and we've all slept in our own beds through the night. Another thing to note, one day when we were packing our stuff to move out, one of my mother-in-law's hospice nurses stopped me to chat. She said she was a medium and told me I was sensitive. I first thought she was insulting me because even though I'm into the paranormal now, I guess I do not know all the terms. She explained herself and told me my whole life I have always been aware of the paranormal slash other side. She randomly asked me about the time I was born and if anything happened. I told her I had stopped breathing when I was born and then she said, and your son was the same. Which, yes, she was right. My son also stopped breathing when he was born but I prayed the Lord to take me instead and I blacked out but heard my son cry before I slipped into unconsciousness. She said something dark was looming over my family and something dark was in the house that she was trying to deal with without telling my in-laws. She said my grandfather, in brackets, who was a soldier and passed away before I was ever born, was trying his best to protect my son and I, as he always had. And that is why we sometimes had relief from our nighttime torches. But he was no longer strong enough. She said she was happy to see we were leaving and she said we should finally be at peace but also told me to get my son baptised. This was the first and only time I'd spoken to this lady as she was a new nurse but something about her put me at ease. Thanks for listening. I'm just glad I have somewhere to share my experiences. Amanda. No, no. Thank you, Amanda, for sending in your update. You know what? Sometimes I feel a bit bad about the levity that I try and bring to the subject of the paranormal because I know life in general is stupid and funny and stuff, but these are real situations people are going through, you know, and they're horrific. And the only thing I know how to do in horrible situations is try and make light of them. And I'm talking about death and I'm talking about personal stuff, you know, like if people close to me pass away, I'll be the first one to crack a joke because I think humour should exist, or attempted humour. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying I'm the funniest thing since sliced bread. By the way, sliced bread is hysterical. Um, no, but I'm saying I will be the first one to try and make a laugh. The more and more I think about it, the more I realise how insignificant time-wise we are on this planet. 
and it's really striking home recently. You know, a lot of I'm getting to that age. I say I'm getting to that age. I'm only forty three, but I mean I'm getting to that age where, like, certain family members are now finding out they're getting cancer, or you know, the the dying, and you, you realize the cycle of life and death. The more you age, and how prominent death is, you don't see it as a child really. You know, you may see your grandparents pass away, but that's if you're lucky, that's normally about it. Um, but these things, my point that I'm trying to get to is these things are horrific, these paranormal things when they happen. You'll recall my reaction when it dawned on me. It, I mean, this is if, if you're an old listener. Um, basically, we had in the flat we used to live, me and Becca both witnessed something paranormal. Both of us did. She can deny it as much as she wants, but she did. And we've seen a tap move by itself or a faucet, if you want to use the US term. And um, and I was made up at first. I was all like, told you, ghosts exist, bingo, point proven, three points for Kev, let's get a gold star. And then it dawned on me, wait there, that means there's potentially something in this house where we live that has the freedom to go about and do what it wants, when it wants, and we can't stop it. And it was an awfully chilling realisation. And when I'm hearing these stories now from these people, you know, although I obviously the whole point of this show at least is to try and bring some levity to the topic, start to feel a little bit, not guilty, but a little bit like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm not going to say that this is going to change the show and I'm going to turn into Johnny Serious Pants. If you want Johnny Serious Pants, may I suggest The Dark Paranormal, another fine podcast you can listen to. But no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just becoming more conscious of um, me going ba 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 when somebody's like, and I felt like I was going to die. Because these things do happen. These things are happening. I'm a believer, you know, without like quoting the monkeys. I'm a believer, and I guess you guys are too, and that's why you listen. Uh, but yeah, I am getting very, very aware. Should I say there's a there's a Father Ted quote, and he doesn't mean it about people my fucking age. I know I'm not older, forty three, but there's a point. There's once episode of Father Ted, which is an amazing sitcom that you should watch. By the way, it's about priests, um, where Father Ted has stole some money, and there's a really old woman in it who keeps giving him the evil eye. And Father Ted's like, she knows, she knows. And Dougal, his sidekick, is like, oh, shut up, Ted. How would she know? Like, you know, as God told her, um, you know, and he goes, listen, she doesn't need priests. When you get to that certain age, you've got a direct connection to God. And, you know, you start seeing the world differently, basically, is what he's saying. He's saying you don't need the operator anymore. You, you know, you've got the direct link. And I don't know. I'm starting to see... Start, life seems to be starting to unveil itself to me. God, fuck off, Kev. How, how dare you sound that pretentious? But it does. Do you know what I mean? Says me arguing with myself. Anyway, let's have another paranormal experience. Experience? I put an L in there. Let's have one anyway. And this one comes in from Morgan, and she writes, Hello, everyone. Hi. I wrote in a few weeks ago about the cemetery tour. I screamed and jumped around like a lunatic when I heard it come on and scared the life out of one of the girls I work with. Well done, you. More scaring people to death. I'm still trying to catch up with the dark paranormal, but I've caught up with We Need to Talk About Ghosts. Why, thank you. And by the way, everyone, you don't have to be a fan of both. I completely get it. It's a bit like Mar This show is like Marmite. It really is. And by that, I mean you either like it or you hate it. And passionately so on both sides. Um, the dark paranormal is it's a drama format. You know, 
So there's no like jokes in there. It's it's designed to be scary. So, but you don't have to like both or listen to both. Anyway, she writes, I missed a story in my last email, so I thought I would send it in for you. Thank you very much. When I was travelling through years ago with a few people, we stopped in Goulburn, a small town that we were passing through. We'd been told previously by some random person that there was an old abandoned orphanage that had been partially burnt down. The girl that was with us told me a couple of things about the place. Apparently, in the laundry, there were blood-stained handprints in the old washing machines and a few other things that I cannot think of at this moment. Now we hunted down this building and it was so creepy. It had this kind of somber, depressing feeling around it. There was a temporary builder's fence around it to deter people from entering the property. At this time, it was late at night and we climbed out of our cars and found a way in. We all stayed pretty close to each other as we wouldn't get caught, but we didn't even make it into the building when we heard a child's voice say, Get out! Once those two words were said, the four of us bolted out of the property and back to our cars. I'd never felt so frightened in all my life. The girl reckoned we had brought some of the young ghosts with us as the life of the handbrake kept going off, and she decided to ask all these questions, and the brake light corresponded with yes and no. One flash for no, two flashes for yes. By the time we'd gotten to our destination, the flashing had stopped and here I was thinking the light was a malfunction. About a week later, we went back to the place during the day and nothing happened. I still don't know what to think of it to this day. Do you have any thoughts, Kev? I would love to know. Thank you for taking your time to read this and most likely have it on the podcast. I still love your podcasts, Morgan. Why, thank you, Morgan. And you know what? You did put at the start of this email because you resent it and said, I haven't heard this. I don't think you've read it out because you sent it a while back. But I know I've read it. I don't know. Well, I don't think I've read it out, but I have read it. So my thoughts on that is it's terrifying that a voice says, get out. But I'm more intrigued. But that also could be a security guard. Do you know what I mean? And in the creeped up, everyone's in a sort of heightened sense of being terrified a male voice from afar going get out i I could go that was a kid run um so i can see how that could be fooled how you could be fooled by that even but the thing that's interesting for me is the blinker lights corresponding to yes and no and it's exceptionally interesting the more you know like jim harold who we had on last week by the way don't you know one of the biggest podcasters in the world don't you know anyway he often talks about, um, not synchronicities as such, but how a series or a theme of stories will start to sew themselves together. He means that within the episodes that he does. So we'll often do an episode where he'll go, my, we've had a lot of stories about people in red socks today. Um, But what I'm noticing in the last month, I'm reading more and more by people sending them in and also by me, just because I read spooky stuff randomly anyway, about attachment spirits or about spirits clinging onto people and going with them, you know, so like non-local spirits, if you like, um, things that are attached to like rings or jewellery or records in one, ca- one case. So the idea, although it sounds fun that we were speaking to this ghost through a blinking light in the car, um, it's not nice, really, because you, you could technically have been bringing something back. Maybe, maybe one of the people in the car 
You all had a good laugh when it stopped happening in the car. I'd stopped answering us now. Oh, thanks, Jenny. Anyway, thanks for dropping us off. See you later. One of yous took it home. So maybe one of yous. Maybe you should speak to everyone who was in that car and find out if anything weird has been happening to those people. Because for all we know, whatever yous took home might still be with one of those people. I mean, and also when you say it's, uh, it was a... There's an eerie, burnt, abandoned orphanage. Yes, that sounds pretty eerie, to be honest. And then I always think that this house is built on abandoned orphanages. And I get a bit scared because I'm here alone because Becca's out. Anywho, speaking of Becca, should we try and end the show with five minutes of Becca, although she's not here? So I'll do a little bit of a search through a back catalogue of some Patreon episodes. I'll try and find some of Becca's dulcet tones and we'll play out with Becca telling us why she doesn't believe in ghosts, probably, or shouting at me for something, or I don't know what she'll be doing because I haven't found it yet. But I'll say goodbye for now. I'll speak to you all on Monday of next week. It will be Boxing Day. Will it be Boxing Day? Just let me check. Christmas Day is a Sunday this week, isn't it? So seven days from now is the 26th. So it's Boxing Day here in the UK and Canada. If you don't celebrate Boxing Day, what are you doing, you idiots? It's another chance to get drunk. You can literally get drunk for 48 solid hours and no one bats an eye. So um, it'll be Boxing Day. I'm not too sure what condition me and Becca will be in. There's a 1% chance a Patreon episode will just appear in your feed because we'll both be absolutely effed. Um, but if we're not and we're just a bit hungover, we'll just have a bit of a Boxing Day party next Monday, I think. We'll make it paranormal, of course, and we'll have a big, long Reddit corner. But it should be me and Becca doing our thing next Monday. All being good. So I'll say goodbye now. We're going to play out with me and Becca chatting bollocks. And have a good Christmas if you celebrate it. If you don't or you're alone, listen to loads of podcasts. That's all I do. If I'm ever... Oh, that's literally all I... I was going to say if I'm ever feeling down. It's not even if I'm feeling down. Podcasts keep me company every day of my life. And if they weren't there, God knows what I'd do. But um, stick something on. Be safe. And if you need to talk to someone, make sure you talk to someone. And you can even email me. I might not reply back. I'm pretty shit to admin, to be fair. But if you do want to get in touch, talk about ghosts at hotmail.com. Have a lovely Christmas if you're enjoying it, if you're celebrating it. If you're not, have a lovely few days. And this is me and Becca talking some bollocks to see you through to next week. Happy Christmas if you celebrate it. Um, anyway, if you've got anything that you want to bring to the Patreon, you said that you might. Um, yeah, have you heard it's all kicking off in Hull? Have you heard about this? It's all kicking off in Hull? Yeah. Sounds like a beautiful South album name. Yeah. Um, this ghost hunter is booting off a Poundland for selling Ouija boards. Poundland is selling Ouija boards? Yeah. And he is raging. A Hull paranormal investigator has spoken of his horror at Ouija boards being sold in Poundlands. I'm obviously reading from an article here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, Paul Masters, who is a member of True Paranormal Events UK, says that he was gobsmacked after seeing the spirit board for sale in the budget store for a one pound. What? For a pound in the prospect centre? It must be a shopping centre. Is there, is there a picture of the Ouija board? Yeah. Can I see it? Not right now. I'm reading. Right. The okay. Yeah. Read the article and show me. Um, he says that deadly demons could be released by the boards if they're in the hands of anyone but mediums, and the potential for sinister spirit activity is heightened around Halloween. This is a quote from Mr. Masters. He says, Ouija boards are most certainly not a toy and should not be available for kids to buy in pound shops for Halloween, never mind adults that are not trained in how to use them. 
It does not matter if they are plastic or wood. If the planchette spells the word Zeus, it is a demon trying to come whoa, through, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you should not even say the name. Never mind. Continuing to communicate with it. How does he spell that word? Z e u s. So Zeus is in the god Zeus. Zeus Greek god Zeus. Or that or is the first time I've ever heard ever heard anyone like I've heard of Zozo. I've heard of like XOXO and all this carry on. I've never ever ever in all my days of paranormal loving. Um, Sounds like the name of an album as well. Um, have I heard anyone say, oh, you want to watch out if it says Zeus? Yeah, I know. I don't know why the, the King of the Greek read that sentence. Yeah, read that sentence again, please. It does not matter if they are plastic or wood. If the planchette spells the word Zeus, it is a demon trying to come through and you should not even say the name, never mind continuing to communicate with it. All hell could break loose if the demon attached itself to anyone and followed them around. Nasty spirits can scratch and attack people and should not be messed with as people could get seriously hurt. So I was godsmacked when I saw that Poundland was selling these Ouija boards and was profoundly shocked and just fuming, really. <laughs> self-described as just fuming. Um, In retrospect, I was just fuming, really. Mr. Oh, go away. Um, Mr. Masters, who has been a paranormal... Can I, is there an R in that? Or are you saying Masters for Masters? There's an R. Is it not? Yeah, okay. I'm not just being an absolute pretentious tool. Because okay, right, okay. I, I suddenly speak like this now out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> the Damon, um, Mr. Masters, with an R, who has been a paranormal investigator for seven years, says that many people in his field have spoken of their anger that such devices are being sold for all. He says that he cannot see an age limit on the product, but Palman says that the sale of the product is restricted to over 18s. The paranormal community claim that... Oh, sod off. Sorry, because I'm... It's pop-ups, you know, because it's a local news site. Yeah, yeah. So it, you just get these awful pop-ups. Yeah, so you're halfway through a Ouija board story and it goes, who does your greenhouses? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The paranormal community claim that the devices can destroy people's lives and spirits can cause suicide to some are more sinister than others. We won't even touch Ouija boards. We only have mediums to do that who are trained as they are just too dangerous and you don't know what will what will what what it will entail using them, says Mr. Masters. We only use glassware to communicate with the spirits in that way. Everyone in the paranormal spirit field is angered. The risk, the risks of untrained, the risks of untrained people using Ouija boards is unimaginable. So it is ludicrous that Palmland are selling them off. On Halloween night, the veil into the spirit world is very thin, and people are buying these Ouija boards just for Halloween. So I dread to think what will happen when these boards (laughs) are in the wrong hands. Palmland have said that the spirit boards are being marketed to adults only and have sold out due to their popularity. A spokesman for the company said, while the spirits boards were marked for adults and were blocked from only from being sold to children at the tills, they were part of our extensive Halloween decor range this year in only around 90 of our 800 plus stores. Oh. In any event, they've now just about vanished. Oh, what? Can I have a look at the picture of one? Um, yes, let me find you. I want to see how good this pound Ouija board is. There you go, spirit board. So it's red box. It's um, amazing. It just looks very, very It's basic, a typical Ouija board. board. Yeah, um... Yeah, like a, a, a light brown Unbelievable. Board. I want a Ouija board. It says spirit at the top and then yes, no. You've got the alphabet over two rows um, and then numbers. And then it says good there. Would that be bad or bye? Goodbye. Oh. It's goodbye. Okay. Um, yeah, and the planchets. Oh, amazing. I want a Ouija board. Oh, sorry. <sighs> For a pile, I'd buy ten. Decorate a And do what with them? Grow eight more arms. And... As, as if we've got room for ten Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 